Well, welcome everybody to another edition of Last Christian. My name is J.D. Williams here in beautiful East Texas, and joining me from New York City is my co-host, my brother in Christ, Mr. David Paxton. David, uh, we were only going to have one Christmas show for 2023, but uh, we figured mm-hmm. out really, really quick that, that uh, we didn't have enough time, and so anyway, we're extending it to one more one more edition of a Christmas show, and I think it's well worthwhile to do that. Um, so, uh, where did we leave off exactly? I mean, we were talking about Daniel, if I remember right. Um, yeah, Daniel, yeah, the Magi yeah. bringing the uh, yeah bringing the gifts and uh, uh, the convoluted storyline we have with that. <laughs> yeah, you know, and convoluted storyline is about right. You know, um, even though. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to make this really clear. If you were to pick up the Bible and you were to look at the scriptures about the virgin birth, they're all the same. I mean, you know, the, the, the story's the same, but it's, it's the individual spin, for lack of a better word, that's, that mm-hmm. is, is put on it. Uh, it's kind of like, the way I look at it is like this. You and I and a couple of our friends, we go out, and we go to any event, anywhere, okay? And we watch that event unfold in real time. And then we go home and we write about it. Now, we're going to have the exact same, you know, we're going to be talking about the exact same thing, but we're going to have our individual views of that exact same thing. And that is the way that a lot of Bible uh, uh, verses are written, is it not? You know, people taking taking it. And of course, now the, the the Holy Spirit's guiding them, telling them what to say. But it, it's their individual, what they viewed, what they saw, right? Yeah, and it's written that way on purpose. Um, anybody who makes film or anything knows something. You know, the a point of point of view. So, what side of, are you telling the story from? That's the real question. So. Uh, excuse me, I'm getting some mitts. My mouth's going to And you need to tell that story because it, imagine a movie and then you're telling the story from uh, maybe a, a victim's point of view. Right. You're going to see this and this and this. And then you're going to see, well, the uh, detective's point of view. And then you're going to see the criminal's point of view. And there's all different things, different nuances. Right. And God, in his infinite wisdom, said, well, we're going to prove this to be a reality. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're going to give it from different points of view. Because if this if this narrative was made up, I mean, there's so many people who say, oh, the Bible is a book of fairy tales, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Well, not for nothing. You're just you just haven't read it. You right. know, so you, you have no right to comment because you just haven't read it. Well, you know, and even if you read it, you know, uh, and we again, we've talked about that many times, too. And even if you read it, you're you're mm-hmm. going to see something new. Yeah, you're going to see new things all the time. But God, what he did, he says, I'm going to give these different points of view. And and like, ask yourself a question. Would the disciples write themselves in such a negative view? <laughs> Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Peter's like, yeah, yeah. I denied the Lord. He wouldn't even put that in there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And Man, you, like, no, he wouldn't. It's not something you would want to take credit for. That's for sure. Yeah. And if Jesus didn't raise from the dead, why would they make that story up? Why yeah. would they put in there that you know the, all the Roman guard 
So the Roman guards that that actually is is corroborated in in real history, including Josephus, that they're like, hey, let's make up a story and said that the disciples stole them. Well, there you go. There's proof that the body's missing. Yeah. Or else, why would even make up a story? They would just say, no, no, they made the whole thing up. Forget it. Mm. But there's proof that they were plotting to to do that. So all these different um, nuances and seemingly uh, weak points are actually what God says all the time. He says, I'll take the weak things of the world and use them for strength. And I'll show you how, and well, this is how he does it. Okay, I have seen a lot of these shows. Um, my, my wife loves court shows and stuff like that. You know, mm-hmm. She really enjoys it. But uh, I, I've seen all kinds of, uh, you know, where there are depictions of stuff that's going on, witness versions and all that. And mm-hmm. the uh, police many times will say, you know, we knew this person was lying because they're um, what they said, it was exactly the same, almost word for word. Well, yep. you know, whenever you... That's um, how they know it's a lie. When, when, whenever you see that initially, you're like, what? I mean, it kind of makes sense that you would have exactly the same thing. But that's not it. It's a pre-rehearsed deal, and mm-hmm. uh, they never change. It's not like there's any... I hope you see where I'm going here. You know, it's just... Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a really good point. It's it's very clearly not pre-rehearsed and copied and pasted. Right. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So it's all different points of view, which is the best way to tell a story anyway. And Mm. you know the four faces around the throne? Eagle, the lion, and and all. Anyway. Um, And the face of the man. Those are the four Gospels. They're different faces. Of okay. the gospel, Matthew was written to the Jews, and then uh, the Gentiles was Luke, and, and um, so you see different points of view speaking to different aspects, speaking to different people groups. Mm-hmm. So it's really, really interesting. That yeah. being the case, the birth of Christ is all the same, right? It's the right. same thing. Different stories from from different angles, from beforehand, from afterwards. You know, and even uh, in in John, and uh, nothing is dwelt among us, and nothing is different. Uh, ah. by, by that I mean, you know, no, there's no contradictory information between all these different no. versions. It's, it's you know, it's corroborating and additional information. Right. All of it, exactly. They, yeah, I think. In some aspects, they may have an argument, but it's only found in the translation. Yeah. Because if you bring it to English, like we saw um, in the previous show, it said we saw his star in the east. Well, that's not really what it says, but that's kind of a a good translation. But it really means it's the star formation rising from where the the sun rises. Okay. And you'll see the constellations come over that, and mm-hmm. they come over that horizon, and that's what the rising is. So it didn't say we saw his star in the east. It said we saw the the, the story written in the stars rising in the sky yeah. is really okay. what it meant. Okay. But that's you. it's the translation, you know, lost in translation. We have metaphors, and I, I can say um, we'll, we'll use the term fruitcake again. <laughs> now I can tell you that guy's a fruitcake, and you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Right, right, right. Uh, whereas that might not translate into other languages so well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got you. I got you. Cake of fruit you talk you. about. Okay. Uh, lighting the loafers, you know what I mean. So 
that's kind of lost in translation in a lot of these things. So that's why you really should, especially nowadays, you could literally get, you get the blue letter Bible on your phone and go click and see what the original language says. Yeah. Yeah. That's unheard of. I, you know, 30 years ago, I'd buy all these books. I'd have to look them up. I'd have to look up the idioms. I'd have to do all this stuff. Mm. It'd take you days to find things. Now right. you just click. Oh, that's that. Okay, great. Another one. Yeah. Click. There's another three days. Click. Oh, another three days. And so fast the learning, which is what Daniel said. Knowledge yeah. shall increase. Yeah. That's what he was talking about. Not just knowledge in general, but knowledge of the scripture and the end of the age. Yeah, well, that's you know, an, another mind. another part here, and this is uh, something uh, uh, may or may not apply, really, is, you know, that everybody is going to see the return of Christ. That's, you know, I've read that, and uh, again, I can't point to it. I could bang it real quick. But um, every eye shall see, even those who pierced mm-hmm. him. Okay. Uh, so you know that that's one. I guess we need to save for later because that that's a show in itself. Yeah. Uh, it is. But <laughs> anyway, that that's just something that that popped in my mind. You know, it's uh, there's all kinds of evidence. You know, the uh, about all this stuff, and what you have to understand is is, is nobody was ready for it. Other than other than Mary and Joseph and uh, who was it Elizabeth the cousin? Yeah, um, she knew. You know, um, yeah, JB, he knew, but even though he was tiny in the womb, yeah, there, there's a uh, yeah uh, who Simeon and with, Anna kicked with excitement when he. Uh, but my my point Don't is, is that not, not everybody was looking for this birth. I mean, yeah. You know, I'm sure the Jewish people back then were they were looking for their Messiah, somebody to come back and take them out of captivity. You know, make them uh, everything, but uh, but they weren't looking you know for the irony a specific date. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, here's the irony: is that the Pharisees claimed to be looking for it, and you got uh, who was it? Maimonides, basically, I think it was him. The change the calendar because they're like, there's no way. I could be wrong about the guy. But they they basically change the Jewish calendar because he's like, oh no no G- Jesus can't be the Messiah, uh, we must have the wrong date from Daniel, and that's why the Jewish calendar is off today because oh, okay. he he revamped it. They didn't Revamp. even believe him back then. They're like, no, you're stupid. But eventually yeah. he kept saying it, you know, speak a lie loud enough and long enough, and then they changed the dates on the calendar. Right, we're actually much further along. Right, right, okay. On the Hebrew calendar, well, you forgot Simeon and Anna. They were looking for the Messiah. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah, some were, but I'm I'm just saying it wasn't it wasn't a worldwide event that everybody was really thing, right? you know a really anticipating was going to happen now you know um, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Uh, uh, that goes again back to the birth date and all that kind of good stuff that, yeah, that and we the talked Pharisees about. Didn't in the want last him to show. be a little baby born in a manger. They just didn't. They're no. like, no, he's going to come with pomp and circumstance. Right. And that's they yeah. thought he was going to be, you know. I don't know how they thought as, he was going to. I guess they thought he was going to be like beam me down, Scotty, or something. I don't know what was going. You know what was going on there, but uh, they obviously didn't expect him to be born <laughs> the way yeah. what it, the way it was. At least that's my that's my impression. I'll put it that way. Right. Uh, so. Uh, well, go ahead. Well, no, I was just going to say, you know, we, we we can spend all day just on that, you know, but but we yeah. got uh, I, I know I know that 
you know, you've got a lot to deliver as far as uh, yeah. you know, going let's back. Let, let, let's go back to where we kind of left off and take it from there. So, yeah, the Magi, bring in the gifts. Okay. All right. Now, go, clearly, Dave. he had to hide them. Okay. And um, uh, clearly, they had to hide these gifts, just like the Magi had to, you know, come and bring it. So they came to Herod, right? And they're like, where is he born king of the Jews? So Herod's like, wait, wait a minute. I'm king of the Jews. Uh-huh. I'm king of everybody. You know, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. He, was, he was actually an Edomite. Yeah, which is yeah, the, the uh, basically is the, the son of Esau. Uh, so they weren't allowed to be that. So he was kind of upset. He was like, he didn't want this king to come. And it's the same story. The same story of Abraham. If you read the story of Abraham in uh, Jubilees, that um, I think it was Nimrod tried to kill him because it was written in the stars that this this man would come and he would be the leader of the greatest nation on the world, which would be uh, Israel, the Eberus, Eberus, mm-hmm. basically the, the called out ones. Uh, so Nimrod tried to kill him, but his father sent him to live with his uh, dad, his uh, grandfather uh, Noah in the mountains and then brought him back later. It's the same routine going on here. They tried to kill him while he was a baby. Mm-hmm. And because then the Messiah couldn't come and then the devil thinks, oh, the plan is thwarted. I killed him. I killed the baby Messiah and all things are good. I could take over the world. But he needed to come in the flesh for a couple of reasons. We're going to talk about that in a minute. We're also going to talk about who he was. He was the king of the universe and left mm-hmm. last show. We left off where the Magi weren't three men bringing, you know, a gold coin and a little bottle of frankincense and, right. and some myrrh in a, in a jar so he can rub it on his forehead. So they brought treasure upon treasure. And this, this was just indicative. The, those were the most expensive items of the day, gold and frankincense and myrrh. There was a lot more in that treasure. But those were gave um, an insight to the value of the treasure. Now, think about that. Mm-hmm. We remember that Daniel saved all these magis who were in the, from the kings of the east in Persia and Babylon and the different uh, and the Medes that were set up. Um, they remember him because he saved their families and they wouldn't even be in existence today if it wasn't for Daniel, mm-hmm. all right? And Daniel was unmarried and the head over four kingdoms, one of the heads over four kingdoms. So he had a ton of treasure that he saved up over his lifetime. And he said, this is for the king of kings when he comes. By the way, he, he'll be here in 69 weeks of years, okay? <laughs> okay? So figure that out when he's gonna be born. And then when he comes, you bring him these gifts because mm-hmm. this will fund the kingdom for the king of the universe. So here's these guys. They're not bringing the king of the universe just a little bit of money. You know? No, hey, here's no. a check. You know? Now maybe maybe this will pay for the hospital bill. You know, something. That's just retarded to think that. He was well-funded from birth. And yeah. then you got these, these people that say, oh, it's a good thing they brought some money because then Joseph had enough money so he can get a ride to Egypt when he was told to leave. Well, number one, now you're calling Joseph an embezzler because that belonged to Jesus. And number two, (laughs) you think it was only enough for a taxi ride to Egypt. Yeah. Neither of which is You know what? Yeah. I got words for that, but I'm not going to say we're on a nice show. Um, (laughs) 
no, that's just ridiculous to think of that. Here he is, the king of the universe. He was funded from the beginning. Mm -hmm. Not only that, Joseph was not just a simple carpenter, as we've been told. He was a tecton. A what? A tecton was a master builder. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. So they just use the term. But he more accurately would probably be like a stonemason. So he probably designed uh, big stone buildings, and that's where Jesus gets, you know, his... um, um, livelihood you know mm-hmm. <laughs> so he mm-hmm. says he's the, the carpenter from jerusalem so they just they kind of misconstrue everything so jesus was not poor they said well he was he was born in a manger yeah but let's remember why was he in bethlehem why was that there yeah uh, yeah why was why, that he, he was yeah. in bethlehem to be taxed mm-hmm. right because herod said you make a lot of money you come over here and give me some money okay were they looking to stay in the manger? Nope. <laughs> Where were they looking to stay? Well, uh, they were that... trying to find the inn, but there was no room. Right. You know, and then say, "Oh, well, she had to ride in on a donkey." Well, yeah, a donkey was a limousine in those days. Everyone else walked. <laughs> well, I don't know about you, but I have. You know, I'm, I'm, I worked for American Airlines for a lot of years. And there was a lot of times when I was sent to a certain city or had to be there or whatever, and I had me a reservation to stay at a hotel, and I'd get there and say, I'm sorry, sir, but we are overbooked. And, uh, you know, so, you know, uh, it's not like this is a new concept where you arrive somewhere and there's no room for you. You know, uh, yeah, and yeah, they always uh, overbook because you know, people. Are as a waiting. matter of fact, a better example: I went to Ireland on a vacation, and um, when I was over there, got to a certain area, and they were having a festival. I don't remember what the name of the festival was, but um, every something like get drunk and punch people. Festival. Yeah, well, that's kind of like Dirty Nelly's bar there but anyway uh there was uh you know uh, there there was something going on and rooms were at a premium and i mean i had a heck of a time you know if it hadn't have been for a restaurant owner uh because people will bend over backwards for you in ireland if you're a tourist if it if it Mm -hmm. wasn't if it wasn't for that restaurant owner i wouldn't have had any place to say except my car (laughs) you know but he pointed out someplace that's not even advertised you know hey i'm gonna give them a call and see what they you know that worked out fine so my my point in all of this is that you know uh they stayed where they had to stay they didn't they didn't select a barn for uh, jesus to be born that wasn't their plan Their, their plan was not a barn Okay, that's right. that's my point. Go go ahead, David. I'm sorry. Yeah, so Joseph was wealthy, and then from two years old on, he was funded for the ministry. Mm-hmm. It, it's as simple as that. Right. Clearly, Joseph was wise. He would have you know hit it somehow. We we, we don't privy to that, but we know for a fact that they brought all this wealth, which you know by the historical accounts is, is Daniel's wealth. And gave it to the king of kings. Mm-hmm. Um, but then they say, oh. It, Jesus, uh, he, you know, foxes have holes and birds have nests, but the son of man has nowhere to stay. Well, there's a problem with that because they were out on the road. They were actually going into the next town. If you read the narrative, they were going into the next town and and word got ahead that here's this guy doing miracles and they didn't want the chaos. So they canceled the event. Mm -hmm. And they're like, well, here we are. We're all in 
you know, walking through the, the, the wilderness here, we don't have time to go back home. We're just staying. We don't have a place to lay our head. So he was telling the guy, uh, basically, he said, I'll follow you anywhere. He says, really? Well, guess what? Tonight, we don't even have a place to lay our head. Is that the kind of life you want to live? Because this is what's going to happen. It doesn't mean he didn't have a house. Mm-hmm. How do you know he didn't have? How do you know he had a house? Because he invited two of John's disciples to his house. You want to see that one? Mm-hmm. Ah, here, check this out. Come and see. So here's <laughs> Jesus. And Jesus had a house. All right. Uh, and he said to them, all right, John 139. Found it. That was quiz. Okay. So um, here we are. We'll back up a few verses. And, and I knew. And the next day after John stood and two of his disciples. So John came up, two of his disciples. They looked upon Jesus as he walked. So they see Jesus coming down the road and they say, behold, the Lamb of God. So here these are two of John the Baptist's disciples and they're excited. And the two disciples heard him speak, and they followed Jesus. Then Jesus turned and saw them following. Hey, guys. <laughs> and said, said to them, what are you looking for? And they said to him, Rabbi, where do you live? And what does Jesus say? Foxes have, no, no, no. Jesus says, come and see. Yeah. And they came and they saw where he dwelt and abode with him that day. For it was about the 10th hour. So they went and they hung out with him at his house all day long. Yeah. I imagine they had coffee. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe a little dinner. You know? <laughs> but he had a house. Hey, uh-huh. where do you live? Oh, I live over here. Yeah. You know, come over. Come on over. So he's hanging out with him at his house. So to say he didn't have a, house, didn't have a place to live and, you know, he's walking around. So check this dude out. He's walking around in the wilderness and he's got how many disciples? 12. Well, he's got the 12 main ones, but remember, there was a lot of other ones, right? And then yeah, he yeah, sent out yeah, the 70. Yeah, yeah. So even after he parsed them down, there was 70 that he sent out. Because remember, some of them said, hey, you're going to eat my flesh and drink my blood. And he says, many of the disciples split. It's like, we're out of here. They <laughs> followed him and they said, we're not going to follow you anymore. Uh-huh, yeah. And he turned, to the, he turned to Peter and says, well, you're going to leave too? You're going to leave too? And yeah. Said, Peter's like, where yeah. are we going to go? You have the words of life. That was a so perfect was answer. Where else down. would I go? Yeah, where else would I go? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's a perfect so he answer. So parsed them down to 70, plus the women that were following him. Mm-hmm. Okay? Because they only counted the, the men at the time. So now yeah. he's got 70 people, plus the women, maybe some kids along the way. He is a traveling ministry mm-hmm. taking care of 70 people, plus 70 men, plus the women and children. He had money. Had to. Okay. Yeah. yeah. What was Judas's job? He was the he he kept the money, right? He's the one. He was that, the treasurer. Yeah. He kept the money bag. Uh-huh. So if you got a buck and a half in your pocket, are you hiring a treasurer to carry your buck and a half around? Mm. No. <laughs> He's carrying no, around. You the actually treasure. need you Not need some cash that. money. Yeah. You need some cash money yeah. if you've got a treasurer. And, yeah. Not only that, he was also a thief, was he not? Mm-hmm. Because what did he do? He stole from the bag every day. Why? How do we know that? Because the girl came and she broke her ointment, 
and and Judas is all bent. He's like, hey, we could have sold that for a year's wages and had 300 denarii in here, and, mm. and we could have. Why did he say that? Because he was a thief, and he said, hey, I could have got my piece of that. Right. So here he is stealing out of the bag that Jesus is supporting this huge ministry with, and no one even notices. That's how much money he has. Well, I'm I'm, I'm sure Jesus noticed it, but, you know, he also knew the plan. Well, he knew, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he knew the plan. Well, so no one you else know. noticed it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Thought, I'm going to get away with it. He's stealing money out. Of, how do you steal money out of a bag that has no money in it? <laughs> yeah, who knows what he kept in that bag? You know, just, and, yeah. yeah, and then not only that, it says the women sustained him. So there was constantly people giving back mm. to the ministry as well yeah. because they yeah. needed to sustain these people. Yeah. So it's not that he didn't have uh, the, a house to stay in. He was just thrown out of the city that night, and here it is. It's like mm-hmm. evening time, and they're like, "Why? Well, I guess we're sleeping in the woods. Mm-hmm. So yeah. um, there's more fun things, too. Now, in Second uh, Corinthians, it says for the uh, – and 2, 8. Second Corinthians – oh, chapter 8, excuse me. Second Corinthians, chapter 8, verse 9. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that – Though he was rich, mm. for your sakes he became poor, that through his poverty he might be rich. Well, when did that happen? Well, it was on the cross. They stripped him of everything on the cross. Right. People say, right. oh, he was rich in the heavens. No, Jesus Christ. It's Jesus Christ himself was rich. He was rich while he walked here. Okay? But he was made poor. They took everything from him. They took all his clothes. They, even, they took everything. Right. They stripped right. him bare. They said, we're taking everything from you and putting you on a cross. That's what they did. The crucifixion was not just about beating him to death. It was about uh, humili- humi- humiliation. Yeah. Humiliation, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was about right. humiliating him. Mm-hmm. And so they took all his, his riches as well. Okay? And he was made poor because you were poor. So mm-hmm. he was made poor that you might become rich. Right. Isn't that something? You... His poverty might become rich. And so, yes, Jesus was wealthy, and it started here when the Magi came, when okay. dropped off this treasure. That Yeah, I had never, I had never considered that. I mean, I was a believer in, uh, or not a believer. I, my impression was three guys showed up with three gifts, and, uh, you know, I mean, I didn't see the importance in it. I didn't see the reason for it nothing other than okay this is three guys that had um knowledge of who jesus was and so they are given what they got you know which in my little Mm -hmm. mind wasn't much and this is a complete different uh different take on it which is of course the accurate the accurate take on it that makes sense you know instead Mm -hmm. of it just being a a quick little story. There's a lot to the story that adds up to um, to celebrating the true birth of the King on Earth, his his earthly presence, his earthly body. Uh, then, you know, that's a big story. It's a really big mm-hmm. story, and that's the reason it's in the Bible. Okay, David, we have come to the end of the first half of the show already. Um, yeah, unbelievable, isn't it? Uh, so anyway, I'm going to let you pick it up in the second half, and we'll be back right after the break with the second half of Last Christian. 
From Feature Story News in London, I'm Simon Gaitan. 49 parliamentarians, all of them from opposition parties, were suspended on Tuesday in India. This takes total suspensions this session to over 140. Opposition leaders have been demanding a discussion on the security breach in Parliament last week when two intruders entered the lower house, shouted slogans and set off a smoke canister. Federal authorities are investigating the breach. Terrorism charges have been filed against five suspects. Neha Punya has more. To loud chants of We Want Justice, 49 parliamentarians protesting in the lower house were suspended. They, like their colleagues who were suspended on Monday and last week, were demanding a discussion on a security breach in parliament. They've condemned the move, calling it a complete purge of opposition leaders, alleging it is being done so controversial legislations can be passed without any debate. The ruling BJP has dismissed the charge, accusing opposition parties of disrupting proceedings deliberately and trying to politicize the security breach. Neha Punia, New Delhi. Texas Governor Greg Abbott has signed a new highly controversial immigration bill into law, which makes it a crime to enter the state illegally and gives the police power to arrest migrants. It takes effect next March. Supporters say it's needed to curb record high migration, but critics fear it will lead to racial profiling. Tony Waterman reports from Texas. Under this new law, state and local police will have the power to arrest anyone they believe is in Texas illegally, punishable by up to six months in jail. State judges will also have the power to deport migrants back to Mexico. Critics say people of color will be targeted and that the law won't fix record high immigration. There were more than 2.4 million apprehensions this fiscal year alone. The law is expected to face a number of legal challenges, especially since immigration enforcement falls under federal jurisdiction. Tony Waterman, Texas. And fountains of lava have erupted into the sky above southwest Iceland after weeks of seismic activity. Authorities and residents have long been anticipating the eruption and had preemptively evacuated residents from the fishing town of Grendavik earlier in December. But when the eruption did finally happen, it came as a surprise, as Stuart Smith reports. Scientists have been monitoring the area around Iceland's capital of Reykjavik since late October when they first noticed an increase in earthquake activity. But with little warning, the volcano finally erupted. Police had just been discussing with some residents about the possibility of returning this week for Christmas. No one has been injured and no property damaged. And in a stroke of luck for residents, for now, the lava is trickling away from the town. Iceland's president says the country is prepared and authorities remain vigilant to see what the the forces of nature have in store. Stuart Smith, London. From bureaus worldwide, this is FSN. And welcome back to the second half of Last Christian. Again, my name is J.D. Williams here in East Texas, and joining me from New York City, Mr. David Paxton. David, we kind of got away from it. We went just all off uh, in every direction there in the first half of the show. Uh, but this is the Christmas special. And mm-hmm. so we're we're going to get back to the gifts, and that's really where we went. Uh, I think where we made a a turn there and went deeper into scripture. And there's nothing wrong with going deeper into scripture. Trust me, we want people to, well, to it hear it. Well, it corroborates the story. Yeah, because you're you're not going to hear a lot of this stuff anywhere else. You're just not. And I'm, I mean, even in churches, to a large degree, churches are even starting to water down scripture because they're afraid that they're going to lose so and so. And so-and-so sits in that seat, and that, that seat gives us X number of dollars every week, so we can't offend Mr. So-and-so. We have got to water this down a little bit to where he keeps giving us money. 
I mean, I hate mm-hmm. to be that blunt about it, but that's really the way that uh, people like pastors and deacons and all that, they, they've got to look at this stuff. I'm not saying they bow down to it either. There's, you know, there are good churches out there that say, well, okay, well, if he leaves, he leaves. We're going to teach the truth. And then there are others, uh, you know, I wouldn't mention somebody's name like Joel Olstein. I would never mention Mr. Olstein's no, name in that, any way whatsoever mm-hmm. that just give you a bunch of crap that aren't true pastors that don't really uh, do anything. You know, people like a Joel Olstein, and again, you know, I'm not I'm not accusing Joel Olstein of not being a true preacher, but if No, if, not at all. You know, but if if he was not a true preacher, he would tell you stuff like it's okay to have homosexual relationships. It's okay, you know, you can get to heaven uh, if you don't trust Jesus Christ. You know, but now I mean, Joel Olstein. No, no, okay. I, I don't want to say anything bad about Joel Olstein. He's from <laughs> Texas, you know, so I would never disparage him. Go, go ahead, David. Tell us the real truth now. <laughs> well, we knew that the, the itching ears thing going on. People just they hear what they want to hear and <laughs> put them money. There you go. So, yeah. and here's the wonderful thing. Um, you just to, to follow up on, you know, the, the Magi brought the gifts. It wasn't three men with just a little bit of gifts. It, it was an entourage. There just happened to be three gifts that were mentioned to signify the value of the this immense treasure that they were bringing. So it would have been a huge entourage with security and with a bunch of people traveling through the desert. That's why it took them two years to get there, because you had to make these supplies. And they're going to see the King of Kings. Mm. What a beautiful thing. Now, we also saw that Jesus was rich. There's um, a couple other things, too. But the reason we have this idea that Jesus was poor is because early on in the Roman Catholic Church, they wanted you to be like Jesus. So you should give all your money to the church. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you can be poor, too, like Jesus was. And that's why the Catholic Church is literally the richest entity in the world. Yeah. because that they own their own country for crying out loud, but that doesn't make them righteous. Correct. It makes them uh, apostasy. Mm-hmm. But that's mm-hmm. a whole other story. Yeah. So we see in remember when they said, "Hey, the five thousand are out in the wilderness," and he's talking to him, and he's like, "Dude, it's getting late. These people mm-hmm. got to go eat." And yeah. He's like, "Well, you feed them." Now that was <laughs> analogous going back to I think Elijah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And uh, yeah. where he fed everybody. And, and it was just because, and it was a miracle that everybody was fed. So Jesus is like, well, feed them. And he was basically testing them, saying, let's see if you remember this one. So what does one of the disciples say? How are we going to go into the town and buy food for everybody? <laughs> uh-huh. He didn't say, where are we going to get the money? Uh-huh. What he said was, the town's a little bit way off, and there's a lot of people here. Yeah, yeah. So he was thinking, well, we have the money to buy the food for everybody, but logistically, how is that going to work? Yeah, plus the store's going to be closed by the time we get there. Yeah, how are they going to make 5,000 sandwiches? Right, (laughs) yeah. Mm -hmm. Come on. Um, That was the by the way, by the way, don't don't forget where you're going, but by the way, 5,000 is the count of men. Not a women, that was not just the children, men. just men. Okay, yep. go ahead, David. So now they had to get Happy Meals for all the kids. <laughs> you know, how many? Yeah. Come on, with the napkins, the drinks. Who's going to carry all those drinks? 
Hello. Well, they never once said anything about the money. He right. implied that he can go and buy all this stuff. So they had mm. enough money to buy the food, which is logistically, they just said it's not going to work. And then remember the whole camel through the eye of the needle thing? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Easier. Yeah. And yeah. Um, so uh, most people don't realize the camel through the eye. The eye of the needle was a small gate that was at the city, and they used that at night. Okay. And they would use that to keep and the bad people out that if you want to get into the city, you got to come through here. It was like, it's like the metal detector of today. Yeah. Hey, you uh-huh. got to come through here. We got to see what you're doing. Yeah. So they had to literally take everything off of their camel, take everything down so they can see what's in the bag. You got swords, you got knives in there. What's going on? Took everything off the camel. And the camel had to get down basically on his knees to get through the gate. Yeah. And that's what he was talking about. It's easier for a camel to go through the eye of the needle than it is for a rich man to get into heaven. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And well, he's not talking about a man who was wealthy. He's talking about a man who had the, uh, the love of riches. Uh-huh. Yeah. Because now he has to strip everything, just like yeah. Jesus was stripped. Right. You know, he was rich, but he became poor that we would become rich. Mm-hmm. So if we're willing to strip everything, then all those riches will come. And that's the camel was like that. He had to be stripped of everything so he could fit through that gate. Yeah. So it gives a picture of a rich man does not want to strip like the rich young ruler. Hey, give up everything. Take up your cross and follow me. And he's like, oh, I got so much. Yeah. How am I going to do that? And he walked yeah. away. Right. That's the idea. Right. He's got so much. He doesn't want to let go of it. Mm-hmm. I call it yeah. the spider monkey syndrome. You know that? <laughs> spider monkey syndrome. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the spider, how they catch a spider monkey is they'll take a, like a jar with a small mouth or a coconut or something, put a little hole in it, and they'll put some peanuts or whatever, some spider monkey food inside. The monkey will reach in that hole, grab onto it, and he can't get his fist out. <laughs> so they catch him. Well, uh, for the life of him, he won't let go of the food. Ah, uh, okay. okay. So he hangs out and he can't get away yeah. and they're screaming and yelling, but they won't let go of the food because that's their security. They got right. that. So right. this rich man, ha- I, that's a spider monkey syndrome. So that's how they catch him. It's simple. They'll put it in there and just, hey, we can't get his hand up. So the rich man is like that. He doesn't want to let go of what he has to come into the kingdom of God, but he doesn't realize that stuff's going to burn up. That is the... Um, that is the crux of the story. But even better than that is what did the disciples say? All right. The disciples okay. here. Um, that's in Mark 10, 25 and in Luke 18, 25. So check out. Let's look at Luke 18, 25 first. It says, For it's easier for a camel to go through the needle's eye than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. And they heard it and said, Wow, that makes a lot of sense. We've been told we're supposed to be poor, right? No. <laughs> that's not what they said. No. No, Check out what they said. It says, For easier for a camel to go through the, eedle, the needle's eye than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. And they that heard it said, who then can be saved? Yeah. Because they're taught the law and everything they've been taught was teaching you how to get riches and gain wealth properly. Mm-hmm. So they're like, what do you mean a rich man can't get in there? Who, who can be saved then 
if the rich man can't get there. So their idea was, no, the gospel teaches you're supposed to be rich. That was their thinking because they said, well, how can you, what are you talking about? So God said, slow down. Jesus is like, slow down, slow down. The things which are impossible with men are possible with God. So yes, when, when you do strip of yourself of your riches, then you'll enter the kingdom. And then it gets even uh, cooler in uh, Matthew 10, 25, uh, a little further down, with men is impossible. And then 28, and Peter began to say to him, Lo, we have left all and followed thee. And then verse 29, Mark 10, 29, Jesus answered and said, Verily I say unto you, so truly, pay attention, truly I say to you, there is no man that has left house or brethren or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake and the gospels, but he shall receive a hundredfold now in this time houses and brethren and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions mm -hmm. and in the world to come eternal life. Uh, yeah. Come on. So, yeah, the Magi brought a lot of wealth. Yeah. All right. So yeah. We'll, we'll just <laughs> we'll jump yeah. right back just to that. Real, and yeah, and, and I'm, I'm going to let you go. I just want to point out to people that if you see me looking away, it's because I'm referencing what David is talking about. I'm looking at the mm -hmm. actual scripture, <laughs> going over to it and taking a look at it. So if you see me looking off, that's what that's what I'm doing. Go, go ahead, David. Go ahead. Mm -hmm. So the idea of, you know, the the three guys walking through the desert by themselves, bringing a gold coin is just nonsense. It, there was an entourage from Daniel's time bringing a boatload of treasure to yeah. the king of the universe. And they saw the signs in the heavens. The king planet, Jupiter, did that retrograde literally for nine months inside the Virgo, the Virgin Virgo, and then and then came out with the sun at her head and the moon at her feet, exactly like it's described. Yeah. And that's how they knew the sign, because Daniel was teaching them the signs. He was a master in the Matzeroth as well, you know. So he was, it, of all things Hebrew and all things Babylonian, he was super wise. Yeah. So he taught them these things. This is what you look for when you see this. The king of kings is coming. Go and see him. He'll be in Bethlehem and bring him this treasure that I've saved up my whole life. Well, now that another, I, I got another, another crazy one just popped in my mind, and and that is that why why would uh, King Herod even care about the birth of Jesus? I mean, when when these people come to him and they say, you know, hey, you know, we're trying to find we're trying to find this guy, or what? Why would he even care? Unless they knew the story well, pretty good. I mean, unless they, you know, yeah. it had come down through the ages that this was going to happen and he believed in it. I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to get an, an idea of why he was so interested and why he knew this was real and that he needed to take care of the problem, for lack of a better term. Yes. They all knew the prophecies back then. They all knew the Matzeroth. Everybody believed that things were written in the stars. All right. It's, it's not like today where, you know, we think just nothing existed and then it exploded. And mm -hmm. here we have the universe. Right. It's not like today. Everybody knew that there was a creator. They just didn't love him. Mm -hmm. So Herod knew the story. He was an Edomite. Okay. So he was a, he was a descendant of Abraham as well, but just on you know Esau's 
inside, mm. you know, and Esau gave up his birthright. So here is another Edomite. Now I got to give up my birthright again to this Jew. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Same old story. And he says, oh, where is he born? Born king of the Jews. He's like, I want to be king of the Jews. Yeah. So he tried to. So he, he knew the story was true. He figured yeah. out where he came from. And now he's he, trying to kill him. He was going to take care of the problem. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Yeah, okay. Right. I, I just wanted to, I just wanted to mention that because you know people are born every day, you know. Now, obviously, there's not as many people on uh, on the earth back in them times as now, but still, there's people born every day, and there's no significance placed on any of those births unless you happen to be a, related to them. <laughs> I mean, you know, that's really how it, that's really how you it comes maybe, down to it. not for the rest of the world. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> But so, uh, but he he recognized that that Jesus was important is the point. Okay, go ahead. Exactly. So that's the real story of who Jesus was and and what happened at his coming into the world. Now we got to ask the question: Why did he come into the world? Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, and it says in John one fourteen, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. But why? Why did he have to do that? Mm -hmm. So we also read in John that, um, let's see, who, who comes in the flesh. Okay. Uh, let's check that one out. Second uh, John, and we're going to read in verse 6. Okay. And this is love that we walk in the commandments. This is a commandment. That as you have heard from the beginning, you should walk in it. So we touched on this in our Genesis thing from the beginning. Mm -hmm. um, we've heard this, that that the Son of God was destroyed by the work of his own hands on the cross, right in the very first word, Be'ereshit, in the pictogram, says that. So this is from the beginning, we should walk in the Son of God. So here is the Son of God coming as a man right in the very first word. Mm -hmm. You know, before the foundation of the world. So let's go on to the next verse. For many deceivers are entered into the world who confess not that mm -hmm. Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. This is a deceiver and an antichrist. Mm -hmm. Okay? That is the litmus test right there of anyone who is, you know, pro proclaims to be a Christian, like like Mormons and Jehovah's Witnesses, they mm -hmm. they don't think Jesus is God come in the flesh. Well, then your contract's not paid for because he had to be a man. He's the last Adam. And he had to be born of mankind to be a man. Right. And he walked as a man starting right from the very beginning. He had to be born. Okay, mm -hmm. so here we are. He's born into the world, and that's the miracle of this whole thing. This is why he came in the flesh, because we had a sin contract, and the wages of sin is death, but contracts have to be between like kinds. So him, just as God, could not pay for the sin of man because he's not a man. He literally had to become a man to say, okay, now I can pay off your contract and redeem you and purchase you back. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So he's simultaneously, he's infinite outside of time and space continuum. At the same time, he's actually a man walking on the earth. So he has a legal title deed to the planet, which was given to us. He told Adam, take dominion over the land and mm -hmm. the air and the water and the animals and subdue it. And Adam didn't. And he's like, well, what am I going to do? I gave him the title. 
Satan's trying to steal the title. Let me go get the title back. That's the title we see in Revelation chapter 6, where he's un, undoing the uh, seals. Okay, I'm getting, uh, yep. uh, again, another crazy question for you here. Um, people back before the birth of Christ on earth, uh, when he was sent from heaven, uh, I, it's really hard for me to to put this in, in the correct terms where people don't, you know, that don't understand the story can follow along. Jesus was always there, but he was at that particular time sent to um, to the earth to become both man and God simultaneously had to be raised up, had to be a man in order for this to work. Understand all that stuff, mm-hmm. okay? Here's the deal. People are going to say, but they were doing sacrifices, you know, before Jesus, mm-hmm. and the Holy Spirit came down and landed on people, and then took back off. I guess I don't, I don't really know how all that works. But um, anyway, why did he have to come? If they had this system of, of, um, you know, sacrifices will do, then why did he have to come? Do you, do well, you understand the question? Because I know yeah, I know it's a yeah. stupid question, but that's the best way I can ask. Uh, it's, it's a decent one, but it has it has a great answer. Is they they were just types and patterns, okay? That the, the the blood of bulls and goats were temporary, and they were patterns, and they yeah, basically just, they have to do it every year. Yeah, it's a short term fix to a long term problem. Yeah, and it was okay. it was just all that was there was to acknowledge. And remind you that the true sacrifice is coming. Because what if they did it like 500 years ago? Oh, we did it once. It's good. Yeah. Well, what about the people today? They'd be like, well, I don't even know what that was. But right. they did it year after year after year after year to constantly remind them. That's why I said bind the word on your, your head and on your, your hands so you can see it constantly. Because, you know, the things evaporate from our minds. Now, did it also have something to do with those of Jewish descent? And those who were Gentile, did it also have something to mm-hmm. do with that? Because obviously, Gentiles are not sacrificing like Jews are, right? Right. Well, the Jews were called on purpose to display these patterns and whatnot, so he can save the world. Mm-hmm. So he chose them on purpose to say, "Okay, you're going to do this and this and this, and bring my law, and you're going to be the demonstration, and I'm going to take the Messiah out of you." So it's of Messiah is of the Jews mm-hmm. in order to save everybody in the world. Right. So they, they were a special uh, a special race that God is using. And at the end of the age, they will all repent as a nation again. Right. So, see, I took you down this long rabbit hole, which ate up all our time. Okay. Well, that, you know, <laughs> no, that's, that's why Jesus of, came. That's why he was born. Yeah, that's kind of fulfill your uh, contract because you're horrible. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, David, you got about seven and a half minutes left. I'm just giving you a time frame there where you'll know kind of how where you want to go here, and then I'll turn it back over to you. All right, so let's just um, you know we'll we'll finish up on that. That he that's the contract that he came, but he had to be born in the flesh, and he had to live that life. It's not like well we'll just kill him as a baby. No, he had to live. A sinful life. He had to be tested through mm-hmm. all that. He had mm-hmm. to go through all that learning period so he can demonstrate, hey, this is the way I intended you to live, mm-hmm. that all this sin would come against you. And he was tempted in every way. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. Just like a normal person. Yeah. Just like a normal person. Yeah. 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 And everybody. So it's not even just like, well, I'll get some and you'll get different ones and you'll get Mm -hmm. different ones. It took Uh everybody's temptation. Imagine that. Um, Wow. You know, there's some things I'm just not tempted with. Uh huh. But he had them Uh because there's some other people who are tempted with them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So he had to do that because then. That's the only way he can fulfill the contract that was laid out. That you, you terms and conditions are do this and this and this and this and this. Mm-hmm. He fulfilled that entire thing, and he was tempted. He gave legal opportunity for Satan to come and steal that contract away mm-hmm. by fraud and deceit. Remember the forty days in the wilderness, and right. he tried to use his own words like a typical evil prosecutor he's going to twist everything around hey you know if you worship me i'll give you all these kingdoms um why don't you just go ahead and turn that rock into a stone it says you can do it all right that rock into bread i mean um it says you can do it and he's like yeah but this is also what it says mm-hmm. you know which shall not live by bread alone but by every word that comes out of his mouth and he said well why don't you just jump off a cliff he said his angels are gonna take care of you well, we don't tempt him either. So <laughs> all these different things that he was tempted of the devil and brought to a high place. Well, okay. you know, this one is, is, and I can understand why people have difficulty with that. Because, you know, they say, uh, for instance, uh, in the Bible that um, if you think it, you, you did it. I mean, that's, I mean, I'm, I'm just you know yeah um that's where he says take every thought captive though okay so to but here have that thought come at you versus hey i'm gonna sit there and purposely hang on to it yeah just just like okay i'm looking at second corinthians 521 for those people say that say jesus had to have sinned okay it says uh, for he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us that we mm-hmm. might become the righteous of God in him. Again, that's 2 Corinthians 5, verse number 21. So yep. that, that takes away the like, argument that, you know, Jesus was a, just a little ravenous sinner when he was in his teens, like, you know, teenagers go nuts. Yeah, he he the did lying again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So anyway, Not there is a huge difference, a huge difference there. But that's because he was 100% God as well as 100% human. So, you know, the the, mm-hmm. the, the thought process has got to be different. And I am i can't even begin to explain that one, you know, but it's got to be. It's got to gotta be different than just your normal 100% human and 0% God person like me. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, uh, and he walked... He walked as a man filled with the Holy Spirit, and yeah. he walked perfectly to demonstrate that we can do the same. Yeah, he so, said we know, can do exactly what he did. It would have been it would have been insane to think that he was a sinner, yet he can forgive sin. Now you talk mm-hmm. about something that doesn't make any sense. That doesn't make any sense. Uh, exactly. The only way that you're going to be able to forgive somebody that has no sin is to have no sin yourself. That's the only way. And the only person to have ever pulled that off is Jesus Christ. That's it. Mm. Nobody else ever. You know, you don't believe me. Have a kid. See how long that yep. works before they <laughs> yeah. go bad on you. Okay. Good. Great. All right, David, you got three minutes. Go. Ah, right, we still got time. Look at that. <laughs> <laughs> so 
because he is uh, the king of the universe, come down and do that. He he paid off all of your sins. That's your sin contract. Um, so when we hear those things, it, it literally says in in Second John that they are an antichrist mm. or a pseudo Christ is mm. even another term for it. So sometimes, you know, we get this picture today of the Antichrist. He's got these horns and he's like snobbling and all this stuff. Yeah. But they can come and they can look like the nicest people that knock on your door and they're all dressed real nice and they smell good, mm-hmm. but they're deceiving. Mm-hmm. Remember, the false prophet comes with horns of a lamb, but he speaks like a dragon. So you really got to be careful. A pseudo Christ is a different picture than an antichrist. And I think that's a better term to use a pseudo Christ. He one who comes to try and look like Jesus in order to deceive you. And he'll use scripture like, like Satan used scripture. Oh, just jump off the cliff because he said, you know, his angels will protect you and you won't dance your foot against the stone. He says, yeah, but you're misinterpreting it. Right. So you right. really got all these different things, and they come at you. What this scripture and this scripture and this scripture? Be careful that they're not a wolf in sheep's clothing. Right. Okay, again, it looks like a sheep. Be careful that it's not a pseudo Christ, where it looks like Christ. And check out the words and make sure they're not twisting them and using them to lead you down the wrong path. Because Satan can't come up with anything that says, "Hey, hey, by the way, listen, you're going to burn in hell, and we're going to do all this, and we're going to have fun." It's not going to work. He's mm-hmm. going to bring you something that's going to look nice. Mm-hmm. Well, I've got to I got to break in on you because we're we're running completely out of, out of time here. Out but, of time. Uh, um, anyway, this has been a little bit of a different type of Christmas special. I understand that, and <laughs> I think um, uh, in a lot of ways it's more important than what you're going what you probably heard during your christmas service no matter where you went because you've seen that christmas service many times and you've heard those words many many times but what we try to do is go a little deeper go back and show you what's what's going on uh what was thought about then what it was really like and you know the the funny thing david even though we took two shows to do this is that we barely scratched the surface of any of it Mm-hmm. And uh, so uh, I would encourage people to go, go to the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and do a little research for yourself. Listen to it very carefully, and then go to the Lord in prayer and help him to help you fully understand it. We're going to be back. The very next show is David's show, and uh, we're going to go verse by verse in the Bible. We look forward to seeing you then. Until then, good night, and God bless. Thanks again for joining us today for The Last Christian Radio Show. And be sure to tune in every Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday right here and at www.lastchristian.net. Until the trumpet sounds. Are you prepared for an emergency or disaster? Because it's not a matter of if, but when. Don't find yourself saying, (laughs) When the storm rolls in, my time to find a pet-friendly evacuation center will have run out. The scorching heat wave will leave me powerless to cool my insulin. 
I'll face a hurricane without meds. Now that's a tough pill to swallow. Let's prepare so we all have a better story to tell. Get started at ready.gov slash older adults. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. 